Hey everybody, welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On the show we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Mitch, I'm here with... Alex, hello. We've got a great show for you today, guys. We're going to talk about lots of things. We're going to talk about a your headlining story. Oh, right. Is J- police found a box. Is it? Yeah, oh, police found a, bo- a, a suitcase, and yeah. uh, when they opened it, it was amazing what was in it, but we're not going to say. Okay. We're not going to say. We're going to talk about how uh, a, a, a teacher dislocated a student's jaw by slapping them. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. and it was a girl as well, the Fuck student yeah. was. Uh, we're going to talk about how one city or one town in Japan is going to uh, fight inflation by giving everybody like 500 bucks, just like, here you go. Good time to live here. Yep. We're going to talk about a pumpkin that came back after a typhoon. We're going to talk about how there's a new multilingual video call system to t- contact the police. We've got uh, Japan being the most Google travel destination for Aussies. Uh, somebody getting locked up in Myanmar for making a movie. Uh, toxic chemicals in the bay in Tokyo. I, I believe it. Have you seen the water there? It's not. No. It's not. A, it's not a watercolor. It doesn't look swimmable. No, it doesn't just say that. Uh, LDP member drawing backlash for Abe tweets. Uh, something about basketball. Who knows? Something about baseball. <laughs> Again, who knows? Uh, stink bugs. And then an abandoned suitcase full of joy. <laughs> Roll that intro. All right, Alex. Uh, you haven't been here in a while. You no, I've been, been busy. Three weeks. Yeah, what happened, man? You 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 look you look more relaxed. Uh, I'm refreshed. not. <laughs> I'm more relaxed. You look I'm different. Tired. What's going on here? What's going on? I'm very tired. I'm giving you a segue to introduce your big news. I, I just uh, I left uh, Shimazu Limited. So now you stepped down. I stepped down from your former position. Is and, what and were you before? I was uh, head of overseas business. And now you are. Head of nothing. <laughs> Head of nothing. Uh, I'm the uh, CEO of... Uh, Gotoku. Gotoku. You're... I was going to say Google. Man. Google, that would be nice. That would be a good step I would up, ask you it? to personally become our number one patron and like fund the show. Yeah, I'd fund it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I've got loads of money. Give us some SEO bump. Yeah. Number one in Google for anything. <laughs> for anything. Search anything and it just comes up at the Am top. Am I having a heart attack for this result? It's Wild Talk Small Japan. Talk Japan yeah. <laughs> While the ambulance comes, watch this. You know. Why did you Why did you leave your job? What happened? What's going on? You're going on to bigger and better things, right? Well, bigger and better, maybe different, different. Yeah, different. Yeah. Are um, you allowed to talk about what you're working on right now? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, what are you working on? You're working on a big project right now. So uh, I'm doing a few different things. Yeah. Uh, most of them are for kind of national government projects. So one of them is for the Cultural Affairs Agency, which is called Bunkacho, mm-hmm. and then another one's for Kankocho, the um, uh, Japan Travel Agency. Um, and basically, it all revolves around uh, a kind of different model of travel and tourism, mm-hmm. something that's a bit more uh, sensitive to local communities and you know understanding of culture. You're you're just trying not to say the word sustainable tourism. Yeah, I don't want to say sustainable. I know you it's hate awful. the word, but that's what you're talking about. Well, kind of, yeah. Because you don't. Because in Japan, maybe it's all over the world. They have the STGs things. The S S G S D G S D G. You're thinking of STDs. I don't have those. <laughs> right. Neither do I. <laughs> sustainable Development Goals SDGs. Yeah. And they and like all these like this buzzword came into Japan and all like the corporate people were like we're into this. Yeah. They do absolutely nothing by the way. Then yeah. they they made a bunch of pins with like a color circle. wheel on yeah. it, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is probably not good for the environment. Probably made in China in some oh, no, really yeah. shitty factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all wear it. They're like, we're helping the world. And that's why Alex doesn't like this word. Yeah. So <laughs> sustainable development fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Like call it. But yeah. for what you're doing, you're actually trying to make it so smaller groups, more more sensitive to the locals, coming in and, and participating in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. So like deep dives into regional tourism and local communities and things like that. So I just got back from a week in Tokushima. What are you doing there? In Shikoku. You checking said, out. 
I was stressed out working in a, in a little box and you send me a fucking, oh, look what, what I'm doing. I'm here. It's great. But that was incredibly stressful as well. It's like, you know, there's so much packed into it. It's like, let's start at 7 a.m. Oh, you like, went on one of those like toury tours where they're like, let's show you everything now. Yeah, it's like we must show you absolutely everything that this prefix And you take has, nothing so. in. Yeah, well, I took in a few things, but, you know. No, we're not talking about imbibing liquids. Yeah, that was the, there <laughs> as well, obviously, um, which is why I'm probably looking a bit fatter than I should be. But um, It's okay. So, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a, a slight pivot in direction only. It's still involved with travel and tourism, still doing a lot of work in different regions of Japan, still doing a lot in Kagoshima as well. Um, yeah. Then it frees you up to do things that you, you know, you were work you were kind of like not sleeping and working two full-time jobs and then, and, and it just became like, let's focus on one thing. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Right? Yeah. I mean, but you're still contracted through Shimazu and doing some things with them, right? It's not that's a complete right. breakup. Oh no, not all. So we've got like a, an agreement where I'll help them out with sales and, you know, promotion things like that. That's cool. Um, and I'm basically, you know, I'm no longer a salary man. So you don't have to report hours and things like that. It's just based on the work that you do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a win-win yeah, agreement, yeah, yeah. really. I mean, once you told me about it, I was like, I, I thought you were late. Right. I, was, I was like, you should have thought about this a year ago. Yeah, well, you know, I think seven years in the Japanese corporate system did help though as well, because I learned a lot of lessons that people... Things you know, to do and things not to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, mainly things not to do in my <laughs> case. But, you know, um, I did learn a lot about it. It was very valuable. You wrote in your Facebook post uh, that you, when you first entered the company, you, th you said, I thought I could write business level Japanese and I found it that I couldn't. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like what, what, what happened? Um... Yeah, it was tough when I first joined. I mean, like, you have to write Eigyo Nishi, which is like a diary of your, the stuff that you did every day yeah. um, and report it to your boss. Yeah. Basically, just it, in fact, it's quite useful to do. I mean, it's not, it's one of these things that everybody hates doing. It's but, totally useful. But actually, it's a good way of kind of going over the day and yeah. what you've done. Um, but writing those out in Japanese, what would happen is my boss at the time would print them all off and correct them in red pen and put them on my desk every day. Now, you felt offended by that, but that was probably helpful. It was helpful. I mean, he was trying to help me out. Yeah. Um, he obviously used a lot of his time to do it. Yeah. Um, but I had to retype it all in, <laughs> you know, and correct it all, which Again, is kind of tiring. good for you. That was a wax on, wax off moment. Well, it was. It was a Mr. Miyagi, yeah. um, you know, hand-holding exercise. And then there was all kinds of other shit. I mean, like Ringi Show, you know, the, um, the documents you have to pass around to get approval for projects. You know, traditionally, they used to put the, the inkan, the, the seal, on the right way up if they agree with it, mm -hmm. horizontal if they don't know, mm -hmm. and upside down if they reject the proposal. Interesting. Um, and y nobody really does that anymore. <laughs> but we managed to digitize all that and get rid of it as well. That's cool. So that, that was a struggle. You, a you pushed a lot of things in the company. I, I, think, I, I think, you know, it was an amicable, you know, part, part, uh, departure. And I think that you left, um, you know, I think it, whenever you leave a job, you should leave the company better off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they should be in a better position when you leave. Unless, the, you know, the company's failing or something like that. Mm. That's a different situation. But yeah. And you can definitely say that with, with your time in Shimazu. Yeah, I'm happy with what uh, I did looking back on it. Um, I probably would have done a few things differently if I knew now what I, what I should have known then when I started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just a learning experience, isn't it? The journey. Dude, uh, I respect you for it and good on you. And I, I'm looking forward to all the stuff that you're going to do in the future. But also, I'm looking forward to the fact that you're completely free to say whatever. whatever oh, no, I can say to. any fucking thing I like now. <laughs> so no restriction. Like before, What's like that? every now and then he'd go off the rails. And he'd be like, you got to edit that out. My boss will kill me. But now it's just yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. I don't care now. That thing about business level Japanese, though, that is a, that, that hit me because I, what I do whenever I have correspondence with other companies is I write what I want to say and I give it to my Japanese staff and I'm like, you you do this. Right. No, no, there's a, a benefit in doing that because sometimes, like, even if you've got very good Japanese, um, 
something will get lost in the kind of nuance. Mm. And because they just assume that you're really good at it, yeah. they take it as offensive, is, right? Yeah. So not always offensive, but sometimes like it becomes too vague or you know, the deadline isn't Exactly. Exactly decided or... Josh had a similar situation with that where he was trying to schedule something with the cameraman and like through like the nuance of the of the, of the conversation, they, they didn't... They thought they agreed on a day, but it, it wasn't understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, like, yeah, it can be really nuanced. Oh, it's very tiring as well because yeah. you've got to do the back and forth. And obviously there's a slight... In regional Japan as well, it's like they kind of almost don't trust a foreigner to make a decision sometimes. Yeah. So it's better to have a Japanese person to prop you up. I always have a Japanese person with me whenever I deal with other companies who don't know me. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. sit her down, and they don't even look at me. It's like yeah. I feel like if you, if like a man and a woman go to a hardware store in America, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter how skilled the woman is. The 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 staff will just talk to the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's exactly how it is whenever I go somewhere with my Japanese staff. Yeah, they just talk to her. It's fine because I'm just like whatever, take care of it. I don't just give a shit. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah but at yeah. the same time, it's just like okay. I'm here too, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And then there are times when you get propped up on a pedestal and people ask you as you know, as if you're the fucking all seeing eye. Yeah. Like this amazing foreigner who's come in and knows everything. It does happen as well. It's like, so you're from the foreign place. Do you know about the foreign people? You're like, No, I, I'm from one place. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. many places out there. They're like, What do the um the young Thai people like these days? Yeah. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, let me Google. <laughs> let me just Google that and then tell you as if I knew. Yeah, you know. There's a lot of stuff like that speaking of global things okay so i sent you a podcast you finally listened to it uh from peter zahan oh yeah yeah oh my god i was talking about him a little bit last week but i wanted to get your, your comments on this what do you think about his take on china so his, his peter zahan is like a he's like a he's like a like a uh, a prophet basically he like he knows history he knows global trade he understands military movements he understands all these different economics and and, de and demographic things and he puts it all together to try to see like trends and where the future is going mm. and one of the things that he talked about was uh how two things uh, affecting china one that uh they overestimated their population by 100 million people probably yeah. And I didn't hear this in any major news outlet. And I, I Googled it and Reuters had actually reported on this. Mm -hmm. And so they haven't released their census data for like the last, I don't know, six or seven years because they're afraid to because they have fucked it up. Right. That's one. And two, that missing 100 million people happened during the uh, the one child policy. So all the people that they that they needed right now to further to push the economy into the future aren't there. Yeah, yeah. So he, Peter Zahan, uh, and also he thinks that the, the global, um, the waterways will no longer be patrolled and policed by America because America is moving their uh, Navy to, instead of being destroyer based where you can patrol the world seas and police it being carrier based where you can project uh, power into a country quickly yeah. instead of policing the world's oceans. Mm -hmm. And so if the world waterways become unsafe because the only two real navies in the world are the uh, are the Americans and the 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 Japanese mm -hmm. China has a little bit but they can't really go very far and then the Brits also have a little bit but still smaller mm -hmm. and so there's no capacity to police the world's waterways anymore and so global trade basically shuts down so the whole get your idea in america put it in a factory put the factory workers in you know foxconn in china have it produced and then shipped to a, to wherever you're selling it is no longer going to work yeah because yeah. you can't ship it so you said all those things put together and, and China will see a halving of their population by 2050. That's incredible, isn't it? Really? I've never heard anyone say anything except that China is going to be the next global superpower that's going to take over the world. And he's the only one that's saying, no, it's going to be the opposite. Well, I, I did have a thought about that, though. I mean, Why? It's not a sustainable system, is it really, with you know Shanghai, Beijing. You've got your economic you know centers around the outside or whatever. Yeah. And then this, this huge, massive central China. Nothing. 
that's you know had you know wasteful construction products. You mean you building know. a bunch of concrete bo- blocks that are boxes that no one lives in is a is a problem? Well, and forcibly relocating people from the countryside to the city and stuff like that as well. I mean, they did loads of things like. There's a few documentaries on it actually. Yeah. Um, so it, it always looked unstable, but hearing it in those terms, it it's kind of sounds realistic, doesn't it? That, yeah. That this thing's going to burst. Um, well, looking at the way that they've handled COVID, at the beginning, I thought that they were handling it really, really well because every, our only solution to everything was lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And they locked the fuck down in that country, even though a massive amount of people died and they didn't report it. And, and you went, they, they, they had like um, a video from the crematories yeah. of just massive lines of people waiting for their loved ones mm-hmm. in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and they were like, oh, we've only had like 30, 3,500 deaths or something. Well, it's bullshit. But then after the vaccines rolled out, China is too proud to admit that their vaccines don't work. And so the only solution they have is lockdowns. Again, Peter Zahan saying this. Yeah. And so they have no solution to the pandemic now. We're yeah. the Western world. We're basically unmasking and, and walking about like it's, you know, normal now. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, man. Have you read uh, Guns, Germs and Steel? I have. By Jared Diamond. He I sounds have. like, um, I don't know what that sounds like. Guns, Germs, and Steel. If you ever wanted to know why the world works the way it does, mm-hmm. read that book. There's that and there's another one. Uh, I'll think about it later. But there's there's two like basic, like this is why things are the way they are over the, over the last two, three hundred, two, two, three thousand years. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. Well, I mean, the birth of the global economy is, you know, essentially tied into trade, right? Yeah. So, you know, it used to be Britain that patrolled the ocean. You mean you guys were important at some point? We were more important <laughs> than your country. Um, and in many ways, still Spain are. before you guys. Spain, yeah. then you guys. Yeah, well, they didn't have a very good job of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then now America. But, <clears throat> you know, who's going to do it next? Maybe nobody. So. Well, because it's expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. So, I mean, if you don't have the resources for or and the will, and like uh, America's moving towards a more populist, uh, you know, few, all all of the last 20 presidents basically were like, after the fall of uh, the, the USSR and, and the Cold War, we won the Cold War supposedly. I mean, who knows what's going on with fucking re- Ukraine and Putin right now. But like, basically we moved from patrolling the world and being the world's <laughs> police to being like projection of power. Like, let's go into Afghanistan. Let's go into Iraq, which is dumb, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. So we're not doing the, we're not doing the world's police anymore in the waterways anyways. Yeah. But it's interesting that the demographic shift in China and you know how that will affect East Asia and Japan and stuff as well. Um, I didn't get as far as Japan in that podcast. He's, he's so. bearish on Japan. Yeah. The reason why he's bearish on guys read his book and listen to his podcast. He's really interesting. He's very smart. Uh, one of the things he's bearish about uh, Japan is he's bearish about major four countries. One, America, because he's like, we got everything we need. We can just be insular and not worry about the rest of the world because mm-hmm. we've got resources. We've got energy from Canada. We can grow our own food. We basically have all the ingredients for all the things that we need to manuf- manufacture and we can control the country. Um, so that's he's bearish on America. He's bearish on France. Right. OK, because France also has been doing they, they ha- their demographics look good. Yeah. And they've, they've been doing a lot of like internalizing their manufacturing and things like that, not relying on other countries as much as like like Germany. Well, is. their agriculture is also quite good. It's like 130 percent. Right, right. And so that's what called? he's saying. So yeah. France will be reliable. The United States will be reliable. UK will be reliable because you guys have uh, somewhat of a Navy and also Japan because they have a Navy and they've been dealing with this sh- shrinking demographics gracefully for the last 30, 40 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've never heard anybody bearish on Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I think there's a lot of potential here, but mm. you've got to change the system a little bit to be able to bring people in. But I they've, mean, been, they've, they've been doing it, right? But Japan's been in this position twice before, and it's always come out well. Yeah. So um, 1860s, uh, we're looking at Meiji Restoration. Yeah. 
um, and modernization in Japan. There wasn't much hope for essentially what was a third world country mm -hmm. run by a dictatorship for over 300 years. And closed. And closed as yeah. well. Uh, opened up and then kind of did quite well, went a bit mental, admittedly. <laughs> um, and then World War II, same thing again. Yeah. Absolute destruction, you know, didn't look too good. Obviously, America was there to hold hands. Yeah, but, but I mean, the, the the reconstruction of this country happened because the culture here is so work oriented, and the people just like honestly just put their nose to the grindstone and just fucking rebuilt it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously GHQ and stuff like that. There was that, but you know, it was just like let's rebuild, and everybody just got on board with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is an incredible culture and people here, and they are a very resilient people. You know, regardless of how much we do like to poke fun. So the next problem, though, is. What are the next generation of Japanese people going to be like? And Gen are there enough Z. of them? Yeah. And they probably aren't. So I guess they're going to get a lot of foreign workers to come in. Yeah, but here's my thing about that. And I said this on a previous show, but I think that I think that foreign immigration is good. I think with limitation and with proper... I don't want to use the word assimilation, but I'm going to use it with proper assimilation. Because <clears throat> yeah. you don't want a situation that they have in like Sweden and like other Nordic countries where they have these... I, I don't know if the word ghetto is appropriate, but they have like these communities yeah. of refugees mm -hmm. who are culturally completely opposite of the people of the host country. Yeah, yeah. And you, that's not sustainable. Well, the problem is that like Northern Europe's very, very, um, well, it depends on the country, but people are accepting of refugees up to a point. Right. But there's no real necessity to understand the kind of local culture or, you know, get involved with it. It's all very segregated still. Yeah. Um, and that does create these little ghetto type areas or whatever. Um, and two or three generations down the line, you've got people who are confused about their identity, you know, mm. uh, the British, but they're not, you know, that kind of weird dichotomy. Which is, you don't um, want that. You no, don't you don't want, want it. No. And it's like looking back on your immigrant parents with kind of a sense of shame, but also pride that they came here and made it from zero. Right. You know, there is th that kind of thing as well. So it's, you know, an assimilation at the beginning would be a better step, mm. obviously. The Indians that came to Britain assimilated quite well. Yeah, they say that uh, Britain has the best English, uh, not really, uh, Indian curry in the world. Yeah, no, no, it does. Yeah, no, I believe it does. Um, well, I, I, what we I, have anyway. I um, think Sweden fucked up by letting the, the migrants and the immigrants choose where they go. Right. Before they would say, okay, you go here and then miles away you go here and then miles away you go here. And then so there was like this kind of spreading out of the people. So there was a, there was a chance for them to, to, to assimilate to the, to the local culture. Yeah. But when you let them all group up together, this, this happens in Japan as well. You guys will, if you come to Tokyo, you'll, you'll see these like, like uh, community, I call it a community, communities of foreign people who don't speak any Japanese. Right. And I'm not shitting on people who don't speak any Japanese, but if you're going to live here for your entire life, mm -hmm. learn a couple words, you know? Yeah, I'm going to shit on people who don't speak Japanese. <laughs> um, if you move to a country, um, you should learn the fucking language. Well, you, well, you, know? you, you became like, you know, samurai Alex, so there's a difference. You're on a whole different yeah. level. Well, no, it's not that hard, though, is it? I don't see why people think it's so difficult. Yeah, if my idiot little brother, who literally, uh, the youngest one, has like the lowest IQ of anybody I've met... <laughs> Love you, Ken. If he can learn Japanese enough to get himself into a lot of trouble with girls, yeah, you can. Everybody can learn a little bit of Japanese. Yeah, I mean it's not that difficult. Let's yeah. get to the news. Enough about global politics. We'll talk about this over beers later. Uh, uh, Japan Prime Minister Kishida says mask unnecessary outdoors. So let me ask you a question: Do you wear masks outdoors? No. Have you given up? Yes. <laughs> People stare at me a little bit, but then I just wink at them. Dude, no, 50-50 now. Outside, it's like 50-50 these days. In Temokan, it's like 50% people don't wear masks, 50 people yeah. do. 
Uh, I, I wear a mask because I'm a public figure here in Temple but like the second, like the sun public goes down. Public figure? In yeah, what way? Because I own two businesses, you fuck. <laughs> so everybody knows who I am. No, they don't. You bet your ass they do. Right. Dude, come live with me in Temple for a little bit. You'll see. We'll walk around together. Dude, ask see. Josh how many people greet me and I have no idea who the fuck they are. Right. He's, like, he's always like, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. <laughs> no idea. But they might be watching this. Yeah, they might. Oh, no, there is a person. When we were installing our fiber cable between our school and the studio, yeah. which we did it over the, what do you call an arcade in English, really? An arcade. It's not an arcade. I don't know. It's an awning over the sidewalk. Right, yeah. Right? We were we were three stories up pulling a fucking uh, fiber optic cable across the this, this three-story up rooftop. Mm-hmm. Me, a Swede, and Josh... Right. So none of us look like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Right. While we're doing this, a woman opens her fucking window. We're on the third story. Yeah. And she goes, Mitch, I love Small Talk Japan. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. It totally, right there. It totally happened. Everybody was just like, what the fuck? That is so bizarre. Uh, very, it, was like, it was like this, uh, uh, I want to call her maybe 40s, 30, late 30s or 40s, uh, a Japanese woman was just like, I love Small Talk Japan. I watch it every week. Uh, that's bizarre. But anyway, though, even if you are a celebrity in Temple I'm not Kent, a celebrity. Not, not said, just in your own mind, but also in reality. Also, grandmas and grandpas love me because I used to watch my TV show. Yeah, I know. Um, but the government guidelines are to not wear a mask outside. If you can socially distance. If you are outside not speaking and have two meters. No speaking, people. no fun, no smiling. Yes. But I just don't fucking bother anyway. Who so cares? six months ago, 50% of the, uh, not 50, maybe 30% of the people in Tokyo weren't, weren't wearing masks. Um, you know, today in, in Kagoshima, Southern Japan, in Kyushu, don't say, Kyushu. don't, don't yeah. say, uh, the, about 50% of the people now are not wearing masks. Once yeah. the sun goes down, I lose my mask. I don't know where it goes. I'm just like, in, in, the time that you should be wearing a mask, like drinking, going to all these different bars. Is when you're not wearing one. It's usually around my elbow or I lose it. One of the two. Well. Well. Good. <laughs> Good, good. Well, you gave up once you went back to the UK. Yeah, I did, because I went back and spent 14 days getting drunk with people. No masks. Um, no masks at all. Nowhere in sight and absolutely no issues whatsoever. So. Let's talk about something super serious. Uh, Go ahead. In Hyogo, which if you've ever been there, that's where I did my homestay when I was a kid, when I was 14. Really? And my my host father was from Kagoshima. Oh, right. So if you're watching this, Mr. Fukudome-san, thank you for the story that I'm about to tell. I was 14 years old, same height I am now, mm-hmm. didn't have a fucking whisker on my face, okay? Yep. And he's like, I don't know how to play with this 14-year-old, so I'm going to take him to a brothel. Oh, really? I have photos of this. I'm going to send it to Josh. You can put it in the show. No way. Took me to a fucking brothel and told me to pick one. Really? I'm like 14 years old. Yeah, there it is. I'm like 14 fucking years old. And I'm like, what is this? Right. I'm drinking a soda, a Coca-Cola. Everybody else is getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama-san comes over. He's like, she's like, what are you drinking? I'm like, Coca-Cola. She's like, how old are you? I'm like, 14. Right. She's like, get the fuck out. Seriously. That's what happened, man. Jesus Christ. So Hyogo, a high, a high school teacher in this Western city who uh, uh, slapped a student in rage, uh, dis- disco- dislocating her jaw, will face dis- disciplinary hearing, uh, the school announced on October 3rd. So the 41-year-old male uh, at a school, I'm not going to name their name, uh, got pissed off because this girl didn't bring her jersey and slapped her across the face and dislocated her uh, the 16-year-old girl's jaw. For not bringing a jersey For not school. bringing a jersey. That is ridiculous. If someone slapped, you have a daughter, if someone, if a male teacher slapped your daughter, what would you do? Would you be in jail the next day? I'd probably uh, be in jail. <laughs> um, yeah. Right? That's fucked up, man. If it was like a, like a, like a coach and like, I don't know, sum, coaching sumo wrestler, like giant boys. And there was like some, 
roughing around. I could kind of understand. I wouldn't approve of it, but I can kind of understand it. But 40-year-old girl, a man slapping a, a 16-year-old girl is just out of line. That's totally fucking ridiculous. That's out of line. He needs a smack. Should we go to Hyogo Prefecture and just do him in? <laughs> Anybody wants to join us on the internet, let's, <laughs> let's make a lynch mob. All right, yeah. go, to, go to something from you. Uh, Google uh, apparently says that Japan is the most Google travel destination for Aussies. Uh, so Japan is most searched travel destination by Australians on Google, according to data released by the internet search giant on Wednesday. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of uh, Aussies come over here on holiday and uh, places like, you know, Niseko in the north for the skiing uh, and actually all over the country, really, um, come to lots of different places, too. So now, uh, obviously, from October the 11th, the borders are going to open back up again. People can travel to the country. It's good mm. news. So I think the day after the show goes on the, on, on YouTube, it'll be completely open. So the wheat yen is going to be um, you know, an incentive for these Aussies to come over as well. And they do spend a lot of money. They're the highest spenders at the inbound tourists. You, you, you talked about why. They go to one place, usually, or a few places. Uh, yeah, they tend to... I don't think they travel around to too many areas, but they spend a lot in one destination. So it's a lot on hotels, um, quite a lot on food. Um, and then, obviously, the, the you know presents and stuff like that's not so much but yeah it's um yeah the big spenders on holiday you know they like to have a good, good time yeah just don't go to uh, uh bali uh because that's not the 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 australian travelers that we're talking about mm-hmm. bali the, the bogans this is a word that my australian bogans, friend yeah. uh, taught me i didn't know this word I, I went to uh to bali and all of the people the locals were like are you australian we're like no we're american and they're like right this way we love you and i'm like this has never happened right i'm like uh, what is this yes. no <clears throat> i mean i went to um niseko a couple of years ago well a couple of 15 years ago um and there were loads of aussies there and they were out of order man. yeah they were like no, the ones in bali same yeah not nice no um but those are the bogans yeah the bogans yeah not the not the ones that come to japan the ones that come here usually you know much much no much. that was in japan but, but uh, yeah but usually the ones that come here yeah usually the ones that come here okay as long as they come and spend some money in yeah. Kagoshima. I, I think right. you're mostly talking about the older generations anyways that come here not the young kids but whatever but if you come to japan don't get too drunk just be careful with the nomi hodai yeah, don't well, get too drunk if you want, but just don't cause any trouble. Don't be an asshole. Just pass out somewhere. Yeah, like be a Japanese fine. police officer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Japan Prime Minister asks firms to match pay hikes to inflation. So basically, Kishida, who's an idiot and we need to get rid of him. Uh, he, I forgot his name on the last show. I couldn't really? remember it. And like, I was like, Natsuki, what's the name of the Prime Minister? And she's like, ah. Uh, uh. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so he's asking uh, firms to raise uh, wages uh, in order to match inflation. And let me tell you, as someone who, has a small business that's not going to happen because our bills went up right and the income because everybody's kind of have to do it at the same time it's like traffic if everybody starts accelerating from a red light at the same time you'll be fine mm. but that's not how it works yeah, yeah it's like the first car goes and the second one and there's a lag and so there's going to be a time lag between inflation and raising of wages where it's just painful for the workers yeah because the firms don't have the money to pay that you motherfucker Anyway, well, less employees, more to yourself. That's what I say. What that's again, uh, with the uh, employment shortage right now, that's what they're doing. They're just overloading the current staff with more and more work. I mean, there's really no other solution to it. Right I mean, now. I can't find good people for travel and tourism, for God's sake. Dude, very, finding very good people, especially I'm going to bitch a little bit. Finding good teachers yeah. is hard. English teachers is really hard. What did your friend tell you? Like, even in Tokyo, there's just there's more foreign uh, to foreigners to, to choose from, but they're they're not any better. 
Uh, I said that there's more foreigners to choose from, but they're all idiots. Just literally. <laughs> Every now um, and then you find a really, really good teacher and you're just like, oh my God, how much do you cut? I will pay anything. Get in my school. It's like, they, they do exist. They do exist. But a lot of a lot of the young guys that want to come here and just fuck around for two years before going back home, that's the majority of... Well, the thing with Tokyo is that there's a lot of jobs that you can do where you can just switch really quickly between positions, um, come for a couple of years, get it on your CV, have a bit of fun, yeah. you know, learn about fucking manga or whatever the hell you no like. No problem with that. I don't know. That's yeah. cool. But, um, you know, that doesn't really make for good employees for a Japanese company. So yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, If you're going to come here and want to fuck around being an ALT, more power to you. It was, being an ALT was fun for him. It was fun for me. You know, whatever. Uh, the problem is, is that while you're an ALT, because you're not going to learn shit on the job. That's true. They're not going to teach you anything. They just won't. Uh, if you do like Alex or like me, you're like, okay, I have a lot of free time. Let's learn something. I think Alex spends his most of his time studying Japanese or something. Yeah, and um, cultural stuff. Did yeah. a lot of cultural stuff as well. If you come um, out of it better and, and and like you know valuable, then that's that's what you want to do. You don't want to spend that. I mean, obviously, have fun. Yeah. But like, if you're sitting there in a fucking office with nothing to do, or if you want to be a teacher, be a really good teacher. You yeah. know what I mean? There, there are ways to to learn how to do that. It's not a god given talent. It it's does not. take effort, right? Um, if uh-huh. you guys want to see a really good teacher from like a long ass time ago, uh, YouTube the the movie. Uh, shit, what's it called? It was from. Um, uh, give me a second. It's from Frontline. It's called. It's Miss Elliot. Something Elliot. Missy Elliot. No, no, no. What's the name of it? The Great Experiment or something like that. A class divided. That's what it's called. A class divided. <clears throat> Look for it's on YouTube. It's from Frontline. Uh, the basically PBS, which is America's BBC with no money. Um, <laughs> you guys' BBC has so much fucking money. Oh yeah, you guys loaded. PBS is like, can you please give us a cracker? Anything will do. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, a classroom divided was this um, uh, documentary that they produced that has a teacher who was teaching her kids about racism. Mm-hmm. Class full of white kids about racism. Uh, but don't. That's also interesting to watch. But the way that she has complete just ownership of her classroom and presence in her classroom—that's a fucking teacher. Right. And if you can, if you can do that, you know, you, you, anybody will hire you, get a job at a high school or something like that, you know, make a career for yourself. That's something, you know, to, to look forward to. But if you're just like, I'm going to be an ALT, I am a teacher, I know everything. And then you get put in an actual teaching job. You're gonna, it's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did, I mean, how was it? Was it hard for you to go from ALT to having your own school? Oh yeah, totally. Night and day different. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Um, so, I mean, I automatically assumed that I'd be able to teach lessons, you know, get everything done smoothly. People would join. First three or four was absolute dog shit. <laughs> Disaster. You know, people like literally just waiting to get to the end and darting out the room, never coming back again. Um, but, you know, you eventually learn if you put into a position where you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, I also took a massive, massive salary hit. Yeah. Because I just assumed that I'd probably get about the same amount of money. No. No Not way. Not at first anyway. No way near, no. And then, um, you know, I hated it as well, to be honest with you. I really didn't like doing it. Um, and Have you had a job that you actually liked until this point? Yeah, I like doing what I do now. Okay. And before, to some degree. I just complain about it a lot, right? You're British. But, you know, the teaching thing, I really didn't enjoy it. And um, when I learned to enjoy it and take myself less seriously, that's when everybody started to join. And that's when it all kind of blossomed into a business. And I could have kept doing that quite happily. And I think you, you were making a good living too. Yeah, it was good, end, man. You know. Yeah, it was good. 
Good for Kawashima, definitely. Yeah. If yeah. you're a passionate teacher and you make your own school, I super respect you. There, there are a few people that I know of that, that have done that and their students like love the teacher and you know, that kind of stuff is really good. If you're just like, I'm going to you know, be an LT for five years and then immediately get into a teaching position, that's mm-hmm. going to be a hard transition if you haven't learned anything. I mean, I got unsigned threatening letters because I was closing my school down. Because they loved you so much. They were like, you destroyed my child's dreams forever. <laughs> Um, literally, you know. So yeah, what you like, told me about fuck. that? That was that was interesting. I was like, I'm just trying to like, make a living, man. <laughs> uh, speaking of a living, there's a there's a town in uh, Shiga who is giving all their residents 500 bucks. Basically, it's actually 344 because of the weekend, but it's like 500 bucks to what's, I don't know what's that in yen. It's you know go my yen so oh my five, fifty thousand yen so like right. it's three hundred and forty four dollars, uh, and it's it's uh, to uh, combat high prices. But you know what, guys? Do you know why we have high prices? Inflation. You know why? Because we keep doing shit like this. Yep. <laughs> Tax money. And I, I'm just mad because they're not giving it to me. That's all. When they, when COVID gave when they gave everybody like uh, Ju my yen like uh, yeah, what, yeah. Is what is it a hundred thousand yen? Mm-hmm. What did you do with yours? Oh shit! What did I buy? I bought, <laughs> I bought something, um, but I don't remember what it was. We all got a stimulus check. Like, if you were a person, they just gave you like the equivalent buying power of like a thousand dollars. Might have bought some kind of peripherals with it or something for your PC. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe I put it into my child's education. Josh, do you remember what you bought? I think I just threw it in my bank account and saved it. It's just like okay, save. Yeah. I think I, I think I bought. What did I buy? I can't remember. But I, I I blew it. I think it took me about five minutes to blow it. No, I think I, yeah. If it's free money, it's not it's not going anywhere, mate. It's going it's going straight into the Alex Bradshaw Fund of Happiness. You you built yourself a, a ridiculously powerful PC for yeah. gaming, like right before, like right around the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, dude, if you just wait for like Ryzen, it's going to like prices will come down. And you made the right decision because right after you built your PC, chip again happened. Nothing. Yeah. And there was no supply of anything. So, yeah, it's still ticking along nicely. As well, well, it's only what, two years old? Yeah. Yeah. It's still murdering everything. Murdering everything. All right. Let's get a story from you. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Japanese documentary filmmaker gets seven year prison term in Myanmar. Uh, so a guy who's making movies in Myanmar has been uh, detained uh, in the largest city, Yangon, uh, in July, and was sentenced in Wednesday, on Wednesday to seven years in prison for uh, sedition and violating a law on electronic communications, apparently. Which so, we know is just bullshit because, you know, there was a coup there. So he was uh, filming a protest against the military which seized power from the domestic- democratically elected government in February 2021. Uh, and they're saying that he's uh, used a tourist visa to get into the country, uh, participating in a demonstration and communicating with protesters while filming. So, yeah, not a good sign. There's a comment on this article that from someone who knows him saying that he's the nicest guy in the world and he documents uh, human suffering all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so this is absolute bullshit. You know, it's just trumped up charges from the from the corrupt government there. And so um, I hope that he... I hope that they can negotiate a release for him. Well, it says here Tokyo's, you know, dealing with them to try and get him out, but there's no prospect of that happening anytime soon. Yeah, that's just a shitty situation. I mean, like, you know, he know he knew the risk going in, but still, you don't if you're if you're I I have a my heart really does bleed for press press and like photographers and videographers who go in and report on these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, because they really do risk their lives to do that. And that, getting that information from like, you know, kind of silenced places in the world is really important. Yeah. And these journalists don't get paid a huge amount of money. No, they don't. You know what I mean? It's like a real humanitarian uh, type job. Yeah. What can you do? 
let's go on. Uh, so there in Yaoi, uh, Kusama pumpkin sculpture returns to Japan island after typhoon ja- uh, damage. Oh, yeah. So there is, a, and we can put it on the screen, there was this giant, pu- pu- there is a giant pumpkin that was put uh, on this island uh, next to the ocean. It's really, really, it's really beautiful. It's it, The name of it is in English pumpkin, I think. Uh, and it was damaged by a typhoon in August of 2021, and it came back on display recently because uh, the artist fixed it and put it back. So that's on uh, Nawashima, uh, which is in the um, Seto Naikai. Have you been there? Yeah, a couple of times. Did you take a photo with you smiling in front of the giant pumpkin? I took a picture of me um, grinding the giant pumpkin. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, no, I did say at the Benesse uh, Hotel as well, just behind it, which is quite nice. Um yeah, so all right. Have you, you ever, have you been to the art? No, what is it? Ato no Mori or whatever it is in Kirishima? Yes, a few times. I've never been there. Is it worth going? Um, I know there's a giant shoe. It depends if you like modern art, A, and also B, have medium to low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's, it's not MoMA is what you're saying. It, it's not MoMA. Um, <laughs> there are some kind of interesting outdoor installations. The interior part kind of sucks. I don't really like it very much. Um it's kind of a mixed bag, to be honest with okay. you. They had some Yaoi stuff way, way, way before this kind of uh, Benese thing in Naoshima, like a long time ago. But, you know, it was never really popularized. It wasn't promoted properly. Um, you mean the story of Japan tourism? Basically, yeah. <laughs> and some of the art installations there are kind of a bit dated now. They yeah. look a bit outdated. So it needs kind of brushing up a little bit. But if you can get out there, it's you know it's not bad for a day. I do. I I like when there's like some sort of like like because I'm American, I'm stupid. So I, I like if there's like some sort of like like photographical like photography destination point. Yeah, like some something to put on Instagram or something at the end of my journey. So American. It's so I know it's stupid, but I do really want that every time I go somewhere. Yeah, I don't care. If there isn't something that I can take a photograph and put on the internet, it's kind of, I feel like robbed. I, I always get a good photo and I always get like a killer story out of anything, anywhere I go. I always find something. Okay. But, but it's always the deep dive. It's the local. If I'm doing a deep dive, that's cool. But if I'm just going for a day like these kids are, um, you know, just yeah. give me something to take a stupid photograph of looking like an idiot going, woo. Yeah, it's then. a fucking pumpkin. <laughs> uh, do you know why it blew away? The typhoon? Yeah. No, no, no. Because usually they take it inside when there's a typhoon. Yeah. Because it's not held down really, really securely. Okay. <laughs> but they just thought, ah, oh, fuck it. It'll be all right. You know. Because, um, no, seriously, this is true. Because the typhoon didn't look that bad. Oh, okay. And then, like, apparently some fishermen brought it back in pieces and said, is this your pumpkin? <laughs> uh, so they've just made another one out of polyurethane oh, or whatever the fuck it's made so of. That's so terrible. So it wasn't I mean, tied down. No, it wasn't properly secured. I see. Um, so you know, whatever. Well, you know, okay. So a few weeks back, we had a show where I was talking about during the ty- the typhoon that came here. Like I went to my favorite bar and just like drank with the master while he was wearing a life jacket. Right. Yeah. And I thought you're dumb. Like it's a typhoon. Why are you wearing a fucking life jacket? Then I saw a video from Florida with the hurricane that recently hit Florida. Oh, Florida. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like outdoors. It's like a road. And it's just like high winds and rain. And all of a sudden, like, it's just like a time lapse. And all of a sudden, the, the water goes above the, the traffic signal lights. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe my bartender friend had the right idea. Well, that's happened in Kawashima before as well. A long, long time, ago. time ago. A long time ago, yeah. yeah. Maybe not now because the, you know, water. Um, they fixed it. thing has been fixed. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to a couple of your stories. All right, we've got a bit of a dark one here. Uh, toxic chemicals, 172 times uh, over the government criteria have been found in a uh, U.S. naval base wastewater near to Tokyo. 
So in uh, Yokosuka, uh, which is in Kanagawa Prefecture, uh, high levels of potentially cancer-causing chemical compounds, uh, 172 times government limit have been detected in wastewater from a U.S. naval base. This is not the first time this has happened either. This happened in American in America, American uh, military bases. Oh, really? Yeah, so, there's there's a there's a commercial that airs on TV that says, "Did you work at something something base between 1958 and 1988 or something like that?" I think I did. Yeah, and they're like, "You might be eligible for compensation from the U.S. government." Wow. Yeah, seriously. How, How do you, I apply? Did you see the John Stewart uh, burn pit thing? No, I don't watch any American TV if I can. There's a uh, anyway, basically in the wars that we mm. did, you know, because we had ourselves a little adventure in the Middle East over the past twenty two yeah. years. Uh, they basically, when you have a military base, they don't have like the trash man come and pick up their trash. So they got to do something with it. So they just throw it all in a pit, throw jet fuel on it and burn it every day. Yeah. No way. So you would imagine this isn't good for health. Yeah. So all the people that work near these bases, they all have these weird, weird, rare cancers. Shit. Yeah. It's bizarre. And the the U S Congress wouldn't recognize it or compensate them. And it took John Stewart, a fucking comedian to push it through. That's mental. Yeah. America's stupid sometimes. But they've got like, I can't even read this chemical. 800. Don't uh, worry about it. 8,592 nanograms of fluor something sulfonic acid. It has an abbreviation PFOS. <laughs> or perfluor. Oh, I don't fucking give up. I, I tried this morning and I was just like, nope. No, nope, let's, uh, let's not say that. Can't so, you just name it something more simple, scientists? Come on. What's well, wrong with you? It started with German, right? And that's where everything went wrong. So those were being dumped into Tokyo Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So people are angry. I can no longer trust the U.S. military, said a uh, local mayor. Again. Again. <laughs> again. After all the other stuff they've done. Yeah. But at least they're protecting the country from... My, yeah. my, my take on the base is whenever anybody asks me about it, it's simple. I don't care if they're here. I don't care if they're not here. But if they're not here, you're going to have to pay for it in Japan. Yeah. Which I guess means that we have to pay for it because we pay taxes. Yeah. Shit. We don't want that. <laughs> I mean, we do already subsidize the American bases as well. Yeah. But I guess that's cheaper than actually providing for the whole manpower. thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go. I got like dumb. I got one serious story and then a bunch of stupid ones. So. All right. I've got one more serious one, I think. And then some sporty things. Okay. Which I know nothing about. Um, so an LDP member has got uh, quite a lot of backlash from a tweet about Abe uh, and his funeral uh, that happened recently. Uh, so an assembly member drew a backlash online after tweeting that 80% of social media posts against former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe uh, state funeral came from China. Yeah. Uh, and then he retracted his claims the next day. And, and, and he thinks that that somehow erases tweets. Oh, right. There, yeah. There's literally a server out there that all it does is record all the tweets that have ever been tweeted, even if they've been deleted. Yeah. So they stay there forever. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? So, well, whatever. A lot of people were against it. What about the Japanese people out on the street? Yeah, 50% it? of the population was against it. Yeah. I mean, it was incredibly expensive. And it looked drabby as shit. And it was more expensive than the, the Queen's funeral, right? Yeah, I know. Dumb. I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I would have at least had some kind of entertainment going on. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Bring out the, the dancing whatever. A reception. <laughs> You could have done that Mario thing, you know, like... Oh, you, God. You know, like he came out at the oh, Olympics. Oh, God. Have him retreat into a green pipe. Okay, if you're going to talk about Mario, have him retreat. Have him just like... Ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. <laughs> and then... 
Oh, we're going to jail. Shouldn't say so, that kind so, of thing. Somebody's going to shoot. I shouldn't say that because that's that's too oh, real, that's, right? Somebody's yeah. going to. Somebody's going to. Awful. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. No, but I I do feel sad about it. I did meet his wife once, and she was very nice. Dude, that's totally. I mean, we're making jokes now, but it is totally fucked up. And I said this before. We had a very serious show about it before. It is totally fucked up. Violence. We I all violence. I'm against all forms of violence. So don't do anything stupid, people. Yes. But speaking of Mario, let's let's switch into something less dark. Uh, the trailer for the Super Mario Brothers CG animated movie finally dropped. Oh, nice. Yeah, and Chris Pratt is the voice. Chris Pratt. Why? Well, I think what it is is they couldn't fill an entire two-hour movie with like racist, stereotypical Italian voices. Okay. So uh, nothing they probably could have done actually. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's more like a Brooklyner accent that he's going for, I think. And so, why didn't they get an Italian American to do it? I don't know. Is what is Chris Pratt? What is he? Something American? It's like a white, pudgy white guy. Could be Italian American who sometimes has muscles. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah. Sometimes he's like buff as shit for like a Marvel movie, and then yeah. it's just like normal. And other, I'm like, what happened here? I like that. I think it's more realistic than being Chris Hemsworth all the time. It's just, just you know. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Well, anyway, did you did you see the 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 newest Thor? No. Oh yeah, I did actually. Yeah. No, yeah. it was it wasn't very good. No, I was disappointed in that. I think Taika Waititi's lost his shit. Yeah, to be with you. he's he's yeah. I did like the butt scene. He's, I was like, that's a nice ass. That was that was nice. Yeah. But that was just like fan service. I think. Yeah, I just show somebody's ass. <laughs> um. You know, I would have at least expected one tit in return for that, but yeah. Have I we got any tits in the MCU? I don't think we have. No, I don't think so. Don't they, think we have. They don't like female breasticles. No, so. they, 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 it's, uh, it's the message, it's the female empowerment, you know, and they do that by having females be physically more f- powerful than males. <laughs> That's literally the only way they can do it, is make them physically stronger. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's the only one thing that we could possibly do. Speaking about heroes, emergency callers in Japan can now use multilingual system to send videos to the police. Now, this is a great concept because I've, I was actually thinking about this one day. Like, if I had a medical emergency, I live in the same building as my little brother, Tyler. I am pretty comp- uh, confident that Tyler could not call an ambulance. Right. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm not trying to make fun of him. I'm just saying, like, due no, no, to I've met him. language. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just joking. Due to the language barrier, <laughs> and if he was in a panicked state, I don't think that he would be able to call an ambulance. Okay. In fact, I don't think Josh could order an ambulance to hear. I, I guarantee you, I don't think he could. He would be in a total panic. Could you? I bet you could, couldn't you? Come on. What's the address here? Uh, I know how to find the address. <laughs> <laughs> it's on our website, so I could probably figure it out. Okay. So you how, you're telling him the company name and like getting him to say it over and over again. Technically, a company name is our our headquarters is not here. It comes somewhere else. It goes somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, so the language barrier when calling emergency services is a thing. One, and then also the fact that they have three fucking numbers. Uh, how, how is it in the UK? What do you do if there's a fire? I don't know. Panic. <laughs> Probably. Uh, call 999. Everything's 999, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In most of the world, everything's 999. In America, North America, it's 911. Yeah. In Japan, it's 110 yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you need the police. Okay. Do you know this? Okay, let's quiz you. I knew it was 110, but I didn't know. That's What's... for the police only. If it's fire and rescue... 119. 119. Why? What about um, animal rescue? <laughs> There isn't one, is there? I don't think. No, but you could just there is there. Fire there's service. A, there's a non-emergency number too. I think one one zero and one one nine. I wouldn't. 
immediate in a state of panic, I would have just put one one zero probably or right. one one nine. But I've never had to call a. Oh no, I did call the police once, but just once. What for? So like a dude snuck into my house. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What? I told you this before. No, I don't think you have. I'm sure I did. Okay, what happened? Tell us. So I was sat, this is uh, the old house I used to live in a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so there was like a dark alleyway next to it, and it was like a one-story bungalow-type building. Well, I think I have heard this, but tell it. Yeah, so this, uh, I was sat next to the back door where I had my computer desk set up on my laptop, having a beer in my pants and like a wife-beater-type vest. So you're looking pretty American. So pretty much like how I dress. Do you know what the official word for a wife-beater is? No. It's an A-shirt. Is it now? Yeah, apparently it's an A shirt. Is it not just a vest? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. An A shirt. So I was wearing an A shirt. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is. Um, and then the back door opens up and this person with a mask on all the way up to here. Yeah. And this is like- Pre-COVID. You know, 15, 20 years ago now. So yeah. it's like a long time ago. And I thought, oh, is that the wife's mother? <laughs> and then I realized it was a guy who I didn't know who it was. Yeah. So I was looking at him like that and he was like looking around the kitchen like- checking out the place and then turned around and looked at me and obviously noticed me for the first time yeah. and he just looked absolutely shocked and I just went who the fuck are you <laughs> and then he turned around and ran out so I grabbed a, a wooden sword a book that I had next to the desk because of course we just all have weapons just lying around well I do um, so I ran after him but I had like tiny little pink slippers on because that was the only thing that the gang can I should have gone barefoot thinking about it <laughs> Um, and then he jumped in a running car that was waiting outside and sped off. Oh, God. And I threw a brick, which dinged the back of his car Yeah, as he was fucking off. So I called the police and they were like, oh, oh it's just a Chinese guy. That's basically what they told me. So I was that, like, that explains everything, guys. Thanks for the amazing detective work. How did you know that? You know, Colombo. Explain it to me. You know. Uh, so it's very strange. Uh, uh, that... Okay, pause on that because you have a story that I want you to get to right after I just finish this one out. So anyway, so the police, the multilingual service, they what you do is while you're on the phone with them in Japan, if you want to send them a video of what's happening, right? If you can't explain what's happening or maybe it's difficult or whatever, if you want to send them a video. Uh, you call them, then they send you over SNS a link that you click, mm -hmm. and you probably have to agree to some co cookies. And there's actually an okay for to release the copyright of the video that you have to click. So they can sell it to the media agents. <laughs> I guess. And then and then after you do all that shit, it opens up probably Safari. And then and Safari asks you if you could use your camera. Right. And then finally, after troubleshooting all of your tech problems for 15 minutes while some, some people's getting like, who knows, uh, you can send a video to the police for rescue. Is that like the prefectural things they have on these local governments where they ask you to send them a file and it's like some fucking antiquated <laughs> Josh has shit to do that. service. Josh, Josh is doing it all the time, right? It's just total dog shit. Yeah, they, they send you a link with a with they're like, here's the password. It's one 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 one. Yeah, or today's date is yeah. another one that they usually do. Oh god, yeah. so dumb. I mean, if somebody wanted to make a load of money hacking into shit in Japan, I mean, it's so so fucking easy. The cybersecurity is no, it's atrocious. not because everything's air gapped because they don't have any fucking <laughs> no, ser I mean, servers or anything. True. Uh, yeah. So here we go. No, I just reminded me to check. No close contacts according to this app that only I'm using. Oh, are you still installing that? Yeah. I don't want tracking with a bunch of wankers like that. Yeah. No, thank you. Can you get to your, your box of fun? All right, we'll skip a bunch of stories and get to the uh, the main story for today. <laughs> I don't want to call it the main story, but it is a story. So you've seen, um, what's it called? Pulp Fiction. Yes. 
and there's a briefcase yes that has golden some, light in it something inside it golden light well i think we've just found out <laughs> what the contents oh, were yeah. um so bomb squad in japan summoned to take care of an abandoned briefcase full of no wait wait you gotta tell us right so there's they there's a briefcase in a parking lot and they called in the police the police called a bomb squad for three hours to defuse they thought it was gonna be a bomb so they had a 300 meter you know, area shut down. Evacuation zone. Outside, experts on site with, uh, you know, tools to, you know, whatever check the threat, disarm it, whatever. Go up to it and they finally open it up uh, and find hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, and uh, sex toys. Just a bag full of dildos. <laughs> Literally a bag full of dicks. So uh, there are a lot of comments on this story. Quite funny. Uh, not a bomb, but still discharge related was the first one. Uh, I'm sure whoever forgot their attache case uh, is really hard up right now. Uh, hopefully they can return the case to its rightful owner. Very serious one. <laughs> they should track the guy down and make him pay for the wasted expense of having to send the bomb squad out. Another one. Well, I mean, that's just an overreaction on the police's part. Really. But somebody really. did say they should have enough residual DNA to figure out who it is. So, you know, just scrape it down. Yeah. Oh my god. I I will say this though, and I think the reason why this happened is, and I, we were talking pre-show. There's, I, I was thinking about this. If you had a sex toy, how would you throw it away in Japan? That's true, because uh, the plastic bags here to throw out rubbish tend to be clear, you know, clear with and, your name on it, and the people will go through your rubbish to check if it's in like a, an opaque bag yeah. to see that there's nothing that you shouldn't be throwing away. Right. And they'll put a sticker on it that says, you know, you've broken the rules. So how do you throw away a bag of dildos then? Well, that's a question that many people have asked me <laughs> over the last week or so. Um, and I guess the answer is um, put it inside a box of cereal. Because <laughs> that's about the right size, isn't it? Oh, God. I don't know. No one's going to be ripping open your box of shreddies to find a massive pink bunny, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Why are they bunnies anyway? I often wonder. Oh my god! I mean, there are some really weird-looking ones, aren't there? Out there. This is this is Alex 2.0 after leaving his yeah. former company. No, I'm interested. I actually went past a place in rural Tokushima the other day. Yeah. There was literally nothing around. I'm talking like the middle of the mountains, and I drove past and it said like enjoyable adult toys on the right-hand side. There was in a English, little, a shack, no Japanese, oh. a shack in the middle of the woods, just with a door in it, like with no no other signage or anything like that. So I asked if we could stop by, but they said no. <laughs> you literally like, can we please go in there? I think they might have had a pay pay flag outside, you know, for digital <laughs> the payments. The local digital payment system. Yeah, which is quite interesting. You know, at least they did their uh, oh, God. DX. Or I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay. But how many stories you got? Because I just got I've double got ones. three ones, but these are all kind of sport related. So you it's going to be an incredibly. Basically, I'll go through it if you want it. I'll, I'll you do, do the basket. I'll do the baseball one. Okay, basically. Basically, so NBA superstar Stephen Curry uh, came to Japan for a, an exhibition game, which is basically it's, it doesn't count. Just get get some players together, mix them up, and have a, a game. Basically, it's a way for Japanese people to see NBA players. Okay. And he remarked, uh, been looking forward to this trip for a while. Love Japan. Love Tokyo. Love the whole area. And it's been an amazing four days, and I wish it was a little longer. Just saying that the fans... The Japanese fans are some of the best in the world. I love all the, uh, the Hollywood movie stars come to Japan. They go, I love Japan. Been here so many times. I love the samurai. I love the geisha. I love the sushi, the sumo. They all say shit like that. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years later, so they start saying things like sashimi because obviously everybody knows sushi now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go one up on them. I know I love sashimi. So I'm just wondering where it's going to go next from now. 
Um, I, I just can't imagine. Um, did you did you see the uh, what's his name? Uh, Iron Man. What's his name? Uh, Draw a blank here. Tony Stark. Yeah, no. What's his actual actor name? Um, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. When he was interviewed coming into Japan, he's like. He's like, uh, they're like, how do you like Japan? He's like, well, I got detained in the airport for like 12 hours while they, 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 they like interrogated me. <laughs> really? Because of his past. Oh, right. Okay. Like okay. drugs and all that other stuff. He's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they detained me in the airport. <laughs> Why would you do that? It, I don't know. I, I don't know if he was being serious or not, but yeah. Well, no, I can imagine it though. Yeah. Paul McCartney got kicked out of Japan, didn't he once? Yeah. So. The the lead singer of uh, Smash Mouth, not Smash, Sum 41 got his ass kicked in a, in a bar. Really? Yeah. Because he used to be dating Avril Lavigne. Right. And then he was talking shit to some guys and like, I think they were like an Avril Lavigne fan or something like that. And they be- they kicked his ass. Right. He's an ugly guy. Who would be an Avril Lavigne fan? Tons. Really? There's tons in Japan. That's oh, why that? she did that like, kawaii. Oh, that ridiculous. Stupid song. Yeah. Because she's got a huge cult fo- following here. I can't stand Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne's little sister is married to the bassist of One OK Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. How bizarre. How bizarre. That's also a song. That is also a song. I was watching 90s music last night while I was drinking wine. (laughs) So weird. Like such a sad fucking 40-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, um, so I've got one about uh, ball base, the sport, the American sport. Baseball. Yaku. Yaku. Otani Shaw here has uh, signed another... $30 $30 million deal with the Angels. Which the biggest for a third year, yeah. Apparently some kind of team somewhere. Um, and now he's making loads of money uh, throwing balls and hitting them with a bat. He's a, He becomes a free agent next year, so he just took a one-year contract for $30 million. It's the I think for his third year, it's the, the, the biggest ever. If I was a billionaire, what I would do is I would buy uh, Otani from the Angels and just have him juggle in my garden or something like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, just you have such a British way of thinking about money. Yeah, be like, go on, juggle. <laughs> go on, juggle. <laughs> so like you can throw some now and then. Do you have any stories left? Because we, I just got. I've got one left. One. So we've got uh, Japanese farmers struggling with uh, mass oh, generation of stink bugs, which are uh, kanabun. Right? I've never seen one of these before. Oh come on! I've never seen one. Bullshit. Real, I don't live in the countryside. You don't have to. They're in the city as well. Maybe I just never noticed them. So go past the convenience store very late at night, and the, the bugs that you see on the windows. And the why corner, does that happen? All the, the bugs ones. go under the windows because it's, it's light. Oh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, he's always <laughs> fucked at that time of the night. I'm so. always like, like I'm just trying to find out where to just sleep. Wondering where to go home. You know, he's never noticed anything after like <laughs> 11 p.m. No, no, 6.30 p.m. these days. Six, yeah, no, yeah. Between 11 and 6.30. All his sensible thoughts happen in daylight hours. Uh, anyway, um, so there's a lot of these stink bugs around. There. I've noticed it as well this year. There's shitloads of them and the horrible little fucking things. I mean, they're harmless, but they smell. Yeah. Um, and apparently they discolor rice plants, uh, pierce the skin of fruit and extract their juices and attack soybean plants as well. Ooh. So God knows why there are so many of them. Maybe uh, it's like the cicadas where they like, they go into the ground and they come out eight years later. Well, it says here, the numbers have been increased by global warming yeah. and other issues. So, you know, well, so- um, that's actually a, a problem facing the United States is that the farm area there gets cold enough to kill all the bugs like every year. Mm-hmm. But if if the temperature keeps rising and they get like a permanent supply of bugs, then it turns into a Hawaii situation. Have you ever seen a, a cockroach in Hawaii? No. He has. They are horrible. Are they? They're like battle fortress tanks that walk around. Really? Yeah, they're huge. How big are they? How big are they in Maui? I know how big they are in Oahu. 
I don't know. You say that, but I feel like they're worse in Japan than they are on uh, Maui. Maybe, maybe Maui because you guys, it's a little bit different, more arid. But in Oahu, they're huge and they fly and they like they're hard to kill. So there's two types, and they're oily and greasy. There's two or three types in Japan, right? Yeah. And what I noticed recently in the city is that the island cockroaches have started to appear. Yeah. A lot more, and they've got like a white stripe on the back <clears> that <throat> goes across and really long antennae. And they're the most disgusting ones I've ever seen. Mm. Like they're really horrible. But apparently they come up on the shipping pallets from the islands. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so there's a lot of them around central Tenmonkan. Yeah. And they're starting to diffuse into the regions as well. But the countryside ones tend to be like dark red or black. Yeah, brownish color. Brownish, brown, yeah. yeah. They all fly. I, I'm, I'm from Vegas and I've never seen a flying roach until I went to Hawaii and I thought that was a horror story. And I came here, I'm like, why do they fly? Yeah. Well, I was on a train once and this roach was just flying around in the train. I was just like, this is a horror movie. I, I'm going to die. <laughs> I cannot deal with roaches. No, I'm not good with them, but yeah. Any other insect or bug or whatever, I don't care. Roaches are the one that I can't deal with. I don't really like any kind of bug. I mean, I woke up once and had like Makade next to my face. In about, your house? No, in Kirishima. I was oh. in the, this really shit hotel. Mm. I won't say who chose it, but it wasn't me. So. <laughs> was it your wife? Yes. <laughs> um... It was, oh, it was like the worst hotel ever. Uh, I mean, like she had a, a special talent for choosing the aw- worst. awful accommodation. So the good thing about this is she'll never watch this far into this program. <laughs> so I can say whatever I like about it. Um, <laughs> unless she finds it like 10 years into the future and then uh, uses it in evidence in divorce court. Beats the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, that, that might happen. Did, the, did, you, did you touch, uh, Mukade, by the way, is a Japanese centipede. Yes. And they're poisonous to the touch. Yes. Not to, they won't kill you, but they will fuck oh, you up. Oh, it'll hurt a lot. You yeah. Know? So. Have you ever been stung by a mukade? No. Me neither. Thankfully. Josh, ever? Yeah, I have in Hawaii. In Hawaii, they're huge. There's, ah, uh, you mean a Hawaiian, like, centipede? Yeah, they're oh. worse than Japan. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I don't, I don't do crawly things. Anyway. No. That's why I live in the city because. You do not live in the city. I live in a city. You live in a small outskirt suburban area that if you don't have a car, you can't live. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with the suburbs. You don't have to live in the center. I live in the burbs. Yeah. All right, let's go to our, our two major stories today. One, uh, restaurant chain in Japan now serves perfect clones of Studio Ghibli food. I think Josh has some examples to show us. Hopefully. There we go. Oh, that's pretty fucking spot on, isn't it? Yeah, the, the pork could probably use a bit more fat in the middle of it. Um and the egg is not quite as, you know, round. So this is the uh, the ham ramen from Ponyo. Okay. This is like when the mom makes the ramen for the kids, right? Ponyo. Yeah, I think favorite. so. Yeah. Ponyo is one of my least favorite. I Ghibli hate that movies. fucking movie. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the ranking of Ghibli movies next. But okay. Have you got any more? We have... Do you know what this is from? I actually don't know where that's from. That is from uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Correct. Oh. Yeah. This is the pumpkin herring pie that she delivers that doesn't look anything like it she's gone wait a minute someone's put olives on it yeah that's like you know you should just do it as it is in the movie Stop. don't don't add your personal touch to it yeah don't be trying to be original idiot and the last one uh that's from uh spirited away the the yatai scene outside when the parents turn into pigs yeah, yeah but apparently there's a lot of debate about like what he's actually eating so what is that is that what is that? It's Chinese food, isn't it? The stall that they're at. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, I don't know. That scene was pretty disgusting, actually. 
I love that movie though. It's a great movie. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What What is it? Mochi. It's. I I don't even know what it is. It's made from bamboo shoots, shiitake mushroom, minced meat, and I think mochi too. Okay. Well, we don't need that. Okay. Good job, restaurant. Where is this? Re- I don't. I don't Where is it? I think it's in Tokyo. Oh, let's see. It's in. That's the bomb squad dildo story. Well, I'm not going anyway, so it's gone. I don't know. It's gone. It's in the it's in the pile. I don't know. We'll find it later. Google it if you want to go. It's, the link's in the in the description. Let's go to our last story today. Here we go. Ten best Studio Ghibli anime as picked by Japanese fans, divided by age groups. Okay. Oh, this will be interesting. All right. Let's start with the 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 people that don't matter. The kids, the ten to nineteen, <laughs> who don't understand anything. If you're 10 to 19, I love you. I'm just kidding. No, like there's there's a subreddit on Reddit that I love. It's like, I am 14 and this is deep. Or maybe it's I am 12 and this is deep. Oh, right. Okay. And it's like Facebook, not Facebook, like Instagram and Facebook posts of people like trying to be deep and it's just like incredibly shallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Here we go. Ages 10 to, nine, uh, uh, 10 to 19. So we're going to read it. Are from, these Japanese people? These are Japanese people. Okay. So uh, number 10 is when, when Marnie was there. This is, I totally believe this because this came out like four years ago. Okay. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. It's a lesbian love story that turned out to be... Oh, I won't ruin it. Is it a good lesbian love story or a bad one? It has more story than most Ghibli movies does do. No, but I mean, is it like two women in overalls making a woodwork project on the kitchen table? Lesbian? It's, well, or is it's, it's like, Ghibli. Or is it the kind of Pornhub lesbian? No, it's it's more like... it It's... It, I, I can't I'll ruin, I will ruin the movie if I talk about it more but it is kind of a lesbian love story but it's also kind of not I think I've seen it but I can't remember what happened well it's a beautiful story yeah okay I'll okay. just accept it on that so no, number 9 is Princess Mononoke I feel that should be way higher on the list The Cat Returns number 8 I've never seen that movie uh, Arieti 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 which is the small girl movie is number 7 number 6 is Howl's Moving Castle number 5 is Kiki's Delivery Service number 4, number four is Ponyo which is a terrible movie with nice visuals <laughs> but it's a fucking shit fucking movie uh, and has a dumb song too. Uh, number three is Castle in the Sky, which I actually couldn't remember what that was until I Googled it. It's Ghibli's first movie. Nausicaa. No, no, no. Nausicaa's different. Uh, number two is uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. It's basically a robot and a, fl- a flying castle in the yeah, sky. Yeah, Nausicaa, right? No, Nausicaa is the the wind with the, with the environmental story. I don't know. With the giant, like, running snail things. Yeah. It's completely different. Anyway, I have no idea. Uh, my neighbor Totoro is number two, and number one is Spirited Away. I completely disagree with you, uh, uh, Gen Z. You Zoomers are wrong. Japanese Zoomers. Josh. Ooh. No, wait, wait. Let's go to Josh's uh, age group. You're next, right? Well, I'm 30, so I'm the next, next one. You're almost the next. Okay, ne- okay. let's go to the 20, 20 to 29. We go number one. Let's, I'll read it from uh, 10. Uh, Porco Rosso was number 10, which isn't... I don't even remember that movie. Oh, I remember it. Yeah, the um, pig flying. It? Yeah, pilot. I don't know. Number nine is Ponyo. Number eight is Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. That's that environmental oh, yeah. story. Uh, number seven is Princess Mononoke. It should be so much higher on this list. Number t- six is The Cat Returns. Never seen it. Number five, Castle in the Sky. Number four, Howl's Moving Castle. Number three, Kiki's Delivery Service. Number two, My Neighbor Totoro. And number one, Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. I could see the that generation liking Spirited Away because it came out when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. 50 percent's a big number. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Josh's generation, and I'll ask your opinion on this. So this is the uh, 
30 to 39 year olds. So I guess I'm technically in this group, but I'm also whatever. Technically? Because I'm still 39 until March. Are you? The Japanese consider me 40, so they keep sending me like vaccination letters like with the geriatrics. Oh, really? I got one too, actually. But mine came way a long time ago, dude. But they, they're trying to push it, which is good. And get it out there. Anyway, you're not getting it. I'm you? not, no. no. I, I probably will, because I technically haven't gotten COVID yet. So 30 to 39, number 10 is Pompoko. Uh, I don't remember what that was. What the fuck is that movie? Pompoko. Oh, it's the Tanuki movie. It, I forgot. It's like Tanuki no Sense. Tanuki Ningen no Sense or something like that. I forgot the actual Japanese word. Oh, uh, yeah. And number nine is Poco Rosso. Number eight is Howl's Moving Castle. Finally showing, showing up on the list, which I think should be much higher. Number seven is Whisper of the Heart, which I don't even know what that is. What is that? I've never seen that. Number six is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Number five is Princess Mononoke. Number four is Castle in the Sky. Number three is Spirited Away. Number two is Kiki's Delivery Service. And number one is My Neighbor Totoro. So, oh, that's the artistic movie where she has a dream sequence where she meets a cat. And then they made a cat movie from the dream sequence which is called The Return of the Cat or something like that. I don't know. No one's ever seen it. <laughs> what do you think about this list, Josh? I, I more so agree with the 20 to 29 age group one. Like the 20 to 29 one, I agree with the top four. Yeah. I still think Mononoke should be two. I think Spirited Away... Okay, let's go to, let's go to Alex's generation. Let's do that one, then we'll talk. Alex's generation, so the old people. Be careful which one you choose there, Josh. <laughs> so you're going to 50 to 50. Why Totoro at number one? So uh, so uh, number t- 10 for 40 to 49 is Grave of the Fireflies, which I think should be much higher on this list. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's a fucking, it's a sad movie, but it's a masterpiece. Uh, there's Porco Rosso at number nine. Number eight, Howl's Moving Castle. Number seven is Ponyo. Fuck that movie. Number se- six is Princess Mononoke. Number five is Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Four is Spirited Away. Three is Kiki's Delivery Service. Two is Castle in the Sky. And one is My Neighbor Totoro. I just want to know who is saying that Ponyo is their favorite Ghibli movie. Girls? I don't think I've seen it, you know. It's dumb. It's not a... There's no... You like, if you had to describe it to somebody... You'd be like, a lot of dumb shit happened in the water and then sometimes out of the water. <laughs> like, okay. There's no fucking story. Yeah, well, I'm not going to watch it. So No, you should watch it. You should watch no. it drunk. How many of these are actually from British books is quite interesting. You know? They do take some of their inspiration from old stories. No, no, no. no. There are literally, uh, Howl's Moving Castle is an English fantasy story. No, it does have a fat By a very woman, minor, minor writer, admittedly. Uh, in fact, about half of that list, I think, is from uh, British. Let's go to the oldest uh, generation, the 60 to 69. So these are like, you know... Old fuckers. Yeah, barely able to use their computer to answer this or their smartphone. Um, number one, My Name is Totoro. Uh, sorry, number 10, Whisper of the Heart, which I've never seen, can't comment. Number nine is Ponyo. What 60-year-olds are watching Ponyo? Number eight is Porco Rosso. Number seven is Grave of the Fireflies. That is probably where it should be seven or six or five number six is princess mononoke number five is nausicaa valley of the wind number four castle in the sky three kiki's delivery service two spirited away and number one my neighbor totoro all right what's your best three josh go top three number one number one probably spirited away for me yeah number two number two i like howl's moving castle Mm. and number three either princess mononoke or totoro because that's just a classic that I grew up with. Totoro's cute, but I, it's not groundbreaking for me. But yeah, Alex. Um, Spirited Away, I guess. Yeah. Then 
Um, I don't know. I mean, Grave of the Fireflies is one of the like most moving. Yeah, I've seen, but I don't think I would really want to watch it that many times. Well, it, it's it's made. You know, you're not supposed to. It's traumatizing. You know. So when I got it originally, right, there was a guy at a company I used to work for in England <clears> who was into like anime and manga and stuff like that, and he lent me a DVD, a double-sided DVD hmm. of it, and one side was Kiki's Delivery Service, and the other side was Grave of the Fireflies. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to watch that. It's for fucking kids. Yeah. And I just left it for ages, for about six months. And then he went, can I have my fucking DVD back, please? So I, I thought, I'll just watch it like before I give it back. And Grave of the Fireflies was absolutely amazing. Like, mm. totally blown away by that. And then, because uh, I was super depressed, I flipped it over and put the other side on. Watch Kiki. And then, <laughs> cheered up. So it was, uh, yeah. Good Could mix you imagine if you watched it in the opposite direction? I know. <laughs> Happiness. Yay! And then all of a sudden, doom and gloom. Yeah. Well, that's so, how it was in theaters, right? They had a double release of yeah. uh, Grave of the Fireflies and Totoro. And Totoro. Yeah. So you would watch Grave of the Fireflies, be depressed, and then watch Totoro after. I, I feel it's like when you go to a wine tasting, you have the, 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 the cleansing of the palate. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was like that. No, I liked um, Spirited Away. I liked um, Howl's Moving Castle a lot. Um and I guess Kiki's Delivery Service. I just like the kind of vibe of it, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's like Northern Europe. Yeah, it's like a funky, yeah, funky type vibe. I'll probably put that at number three. I would say Spirited Away for number one. I'd say Princess Mononoke for number two, and I'd say Grave of the Fireflies for number three. And I would say uh, Spirited Away English version number twenty because I don't want to hear a bunch of American yeah, actors. I, I, in all fairness, out of all, I've never actually watched any of the movies dubbed except mm. for Spirited Away only once. In all fairness, it's not bad. Really? It's really not bad. They, oh, right. I think Disney produced it or something like that. It's not bad. But uh, it's, it's still, watch watch the movies in Japanese. If you don't understand Japanese, just put the English subtitles on. It's so much better. I've been watching a Netflix program recently called Clio, like German drama mm-hmm. about, uh, what is it? Um, what do you call it? East German spy type thing. Yeah. That's really good. In German. Uh, Josh, can you tell us, uh, uh, there was a famous, there's a YouTube channel, I think it's called something Mojo, what's it called? Watch Mojo. Watch Mojo. They yeah. have, they have a best 10 list. What's, what's the top three on their list? The top three on Watch Mojo is number one is Spirited Away. I think that's just a concept for everybody. Yeah. Number two is Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. and number three is Howl's Moving Castle. What's no, where's, where's Grave of the Fireflies on that list? Uh, Howl is good. Howl's Moving Castle is good. Especially since I think Howl is just like cool. Uh, it's yeah. n- number seven, Grave of the Fireflies. What's number four? Number Kiki? four is Kiki. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are like goes to us. But I did notice from this article from from Soda News that I hadn't seen a couple of movies. Oh, there's one that's really really good that didn't make it to the list, and I cannot remember the name of it. It is about a girl and a boy who restore a like a, a student's club. Right around the Tokyo, the original Tokyo Olympics during the Showa era. Right. Can you find the name of that real quick, Josh? It's amazing. Oh, I totally forgot about that movie. Um, mm. No one's really watched it, but it's a very, if you if you ever had anything to do with education, it's a beautiful story. I don't know that one. It's, uh, have you seen um, uh, the Dead Poet Society? Yeah. You know how like Robin Williams' character is there to, to empower the students to take education into, you know, just to be empowered students, right? That's yeah. the idea, right? This movie has this school, and next to the school, there's like, I think they call it, I forgot what they call it in English, but it's basically like a, did you find it? Uh, is it 
from up on poppy hill up on poppy hill that's what it is from up on poppy hill and there's like this student club building mm. that's all like disgusting and re- and like worn down and it's all like been repaired by the students and everything like that and then the, the school goes to demolish it mm-hmm. and the students try to save it right okay it's a really fucking good movie it's beautiful hmm. from up on poppy hill if you haven't seen it i forgot the japanese name for it. i watched it originally in japanese uh, but it's really really good yeah beautiful visuals it's also during like the like beginning of the showa era so it's like all that that imagery that like us foreign people like uh retro kind of yeah 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 so it's really cool anyway i think we've gone over like an hour and a half on this show it's quite a long one today well it's because we had a lot of news about dildos that's true and a lot of dildos as well so we a whole suitcase shall we, shall we close it down do you think they had like foam holder you know like when you see an assassin in a movie <laughs> and they open it up and it's like pistols and shit do you think they had like foam lining do you think it made like that shh yeah. noise when it opens <laughs> and then pull out your oh my god yeah if you made it this far in the show I apologize for the entirety of the show it's gonna be like this more often with Alex being free uh, if you guys wanna subscribe please subscribe to the show please hit the bell icon as well so you know immediately when we get a, when we drop an episode if you wanna be a part of our uh, Patreon group uh, there's uh, certain like special benefits like secret videos and stuff like that so uh, t- check us out on Patreon uh, and we will see you guys next week with, bye with no what adult toys yeah bye everybody bye bye <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, and a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, Dennis P., and Ellen Mary. You guys rock.